0: Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. My name is Mickey. I'm a worship arts coordinator at Baylife Church.
1: And I'm Travis, and I'm the teaching pastor at Baylife Church.
0: And we want to welcome you to the Stone Table.
1: Yeah, I want to start today's episode by asking you a question, oh, which okay. will require your phone to answer. Oh, okay. So uh, do you have your phone handy? I do. Okay. So the, the question is, how many steps did you get today? <sighs>
0: okay. According
1: to your Apple Health.
0: Okay. According to Apple Health, let's see. I have... Drum roll. I think this is a lie. <laughs>
1: Hang
0: on. So this says that I have 7,876 steps, mm. but I don't think that's accurate because when I go to my Walker Tracker app, it says, oh, yep, the same thing. <laughs> Dang it.
1: So uh, first, let me just affirm you as, as your husband. Let, <laughs> me, let me say I'm so proud of you for getting 7,000 something steps.
0: I feel like I got more.
1: But, but let me also tell How many you, do you have? 9,337. How? So, okay,
0: you guys, Travis and I literally took the same walk this we morning. Did.
1: And you have shorter legs than we me. We did
0: the same thing. I don't I don't understand this. <laughs> I really don't understand it because he Travis always gets more steps than me, but we literally do the same thing every single day. We mm-hmm. take the same walks. Yeah. We do the same amount of like housework. Mm-hmm you did extra laundry today I did. but also I scrubbed the the tub so yeah
1: but you're not walking when you scrub the tub
0: but I paced the bathroom a lot because I scrubbed the tile on yeah. the floor too like I walked around the entire bathroom
1: I mean yeah I'm, I'm not gonna dispute that you worked hard I just uh, I mean the num- <laughs> the numbers don't lie that uh, I. Uh, maybe I
0: need to take like wider steps maybe well,
1: no I don't know I would think that would give you fewer steps you think I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe your steps uh, aren't big enough for your phone to register them.
0: Maybe, or maybe yeah. because I don't have actual pockets like in my gym shorts. And so it's not calculating it right. correctly. I don't know. Yeah. Th- there's got to be something. I'm convinced that it's because Travis has an Apple watch and yeah. I don't. So I feel like your watch probably counts every <laughs> single little thing you do. while I mean, my I phone probably doesn't.
1: I do think that Apple watch helps. If, okay, so, okay, therefore, I need an Apple Watch. <laughs> so maybe, Thanks. maybe that's it. Um, <laughs> so if you're listening to this and you're wondering what the heck are they talking about, um, we just started a staff-wide competition mm-hmm. to see who can get the most steps in a, was it a 50-day period?
0: I think so, yeah. yeah. And so, we told you guys last week that this started, and so... We were a house divided then, and I think we still are. We're still
1: a house divided. Yeah. So, unfortunately, Mickey and I don't work in the same department. Yeah. Mickey's in worship arts, and I guess I'm technically in like life groups. Mm-hmm. And so, we're on different teams, which means that we are constantly at war with one another. Yeah. At least in the area of steps. And so far, who, who's winning the war? You are. But that's right. I yeah. don't
0: know how. Yeah. I will get to the bottom of this, though. <laughs> Mark my words.
1: Um maybe maybe an Apple Watch can be an anniversary present for you. Yeah. Uh which is coming up, right? We're we're one what one One week week away. away. Oh a little under one week, right? It's this Monday coming up. That's That's right. It's our one year anniversary. One year. Which is pretty wild. Hard to believe. So this has been a a busy season for us, Mm -hmm. um, both personally with everything going on and also in ministry. Yeah. Um we've been up to a lot lately.
0: We have been. We've been Like Travis mentioned, we've been doing this uh, Turkey Trot Challenge as a staff. Um, But another thing that's been really occupying our time and uh, our resources in the very best way is Travis is actually in the middle of teaching uh, church history right now.
1: This is true. And
0: it is honestly... one of the most fun points of our week. Yeah. So Travis teaches this class on zoom every Monday night in the evenings and I get to be his admin mm-hmm. built in admin because yeah. I always take his classes, but I also am with him. So yeah. so <laughs> I you get run to, the zoom chat, and right? Everything. Yeah. So I get to run the chat and it's so much fun for me. And Travis, I know that you've always said that this is the most fun class that you get to teach. So yeah. it's been a really, really great time for us. So we're in the middle
1: of that. Yeah. And it's, for me, church history is like such an important topic for for Christians to dive into, mm-hmm. I, and I think understanding church history is an important part of our discipleship. Uh, I mean, first we mm. want to be discipled in Scripture uh, because that's the only inerrant source of truth. Right. But but I think secondarily, uh, we need to be discipled in the history of our faith. And so, teaching yeah. church history at Bay Life, and I've said this from the stage. I don't think I'm sharing any secrets <laughs> here. It's my favorite thing I get to do with the church, yeah. and. Every year that I get to do it is awesome, but this year has been interesting because we're in the middle of a pandemic, and so we're offering it over Zoom instead of in person. And we've had like 110 people signed up for this class as opposed to 20 or 30, which was pre-COVID time. So
0: it's super cool to see a lot of faces that are familiar and a lot of brand new faces. And it's such a great class. The interaction is super good. Yeah, Uh, lots of good questions, really rich discussions. So
1: yeah. So I'm I'm curious, Mickey, as, as we kind of just talk about the importance of church history in uh, the Christian life and in our discipleship and our formation, mm-hmm. I can think of a couple key moments where I realized, oh, man, I need to know the history of my faith better. Yeah. Are there any of those for you that come to mind?
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. I would say in the past couple of years in 2018, I started taking Baylife's foundation courses. Right. Um, and I started with, uh, Old Testament and I mm. took that with Tom Icom and it Legend.
1: was, Tom Icom is, he is the, the best. <laughs> and, and this time last year he was officiating our wedding. He really so he was. Yeah, he's he a tot- superhero. He
0: totally was. Yeah. So yeah, I took his class a couple of years ago. Um, Kind of just because I I realized that our church was offering a lot of good classes and resources, and I thought, I need to be taking advantage of this. Mm. And so I signed up for foundations, and the first class I took was Old Testament. um, And I just loved the course. I just loved how... uh, Everything pieced together for me, right? You grow up hearing stories uh, kind of isolated sometimes, like in Sunday school, you hear uh, the story of Jonah or the story of Noah and all this.
1: Veggie Tale specials. Yeah, right? Veggie yeah.
0: Tales, you know. Um, and so I remember hearing about these stories in the Old Testament specifically, and I, I grew to know them and love them through the discipleship of my parents and my mm-hmm. Sunday school teachers. Um, but I never really quite made the connection as far as like timeline.
1: Yeah. And I that's think that's huge, that, isn't it?
0: I think. Placing events in time, like, and kind of seeing how they've played out in chronological order really helps connect the dots for me, at least. Sure. And I know a lot of people learn that way as well. And so when I took this Old Testament class, it was so cool to see. Uh, just how uh, perfectly orchestrated the Old Testament has been put together, Mm, right? So from creation uh, to the law, the prophets, and um, just all these amazing uh, stories that I've heard growing up, uh, now I can kind of see them in Mm -hmm. a timeline order. And so for me, that was uh, really beneficial for my kind of retaining of the information that the Bible provides and just the ways that you can see uh, God speak through his word. And so for me, that was kind of the beginning of this, wow, there's so much more to this faith than my every day, yeah. right? So, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. To me, looking back on history, looking yeah. back on what the Bible says, and then uh, post-biblical uh, times, mm-hmm. right, when the church was, was begun by Jesus, right. right, and then the apostles right. uh, built the church, even just going forward in that time, as I look back on it now, I see I'm a part of a rich faith yeah, with yeah. really rich and long tradition. And so yeah. uh, the second class that I took in foundations was the church history class. There and so, yeah, um, yeah that's kind of how my story began with uh, just really connecting the dots. It was yeah. a couple years ago. So yeah. what sure. about you, Travis?
1: Yeah. So for me, um, there are, I think a couple things that that kind of uh, melded together. And I, I think I mentioned this in our in our conversation with Chris Hall last season, who's mm. the, the patristic scholar. Yeah. Um, but I in college began to realize that I needed to dive a lot deeper into my faith if I was going to hold on to it mm. just because there were so many questions that I was asking. And so one of the things that I noticed is that some of the writings of a figure named Ignatius of Antioch, were available on Amazon Kindle for 99 cents. Mm. And I had no idea who Ignatius <laughs> of Antioch was. I'd heard him mentioned before in books, but I, I knew yeah. nothing, right? So my parents just got me this Kindle for Christmas and I'm you know, figuring <laughs> out this fancy new technology. This was 10 years ago. So Kindles yeah. were, they, like, they were a big thing. They were a big thing, yeah. right? <laughs> um, I don't even know what the new Kindles look like. They probably just look like iPads probably. at this point. And so I uh, so I download the letters of Ignatius and there's seven authentic letters And basically, for those who don't know, Ignatius was this church leader around 110 A.D. He was the bishop in Antioch. Mm -hmm. And we don't know the details about it, but somehow he was turned over to Roman authorities for being a Christian. He refused to renounce the faith, and so he was led away to be executed. But uh, along the way, he stopped in these different cities in which there were established churches, and the guards would let the, the Christian leaders from each church come and visit Ignatius in prison, and Ignatius would write a letter to the church in that area and give it to the Christian leader to bring back and read to his church. And so all these letters were collected by another figure named Polycarp of Smyrna, who was another beloved Christian leader, mm-hmm. and preserved. And so I I kind of looked into the, a little bit of the background right before I started reading the letters. And I remember I was at the the gym up the road from Baylife, and I put my Kindle on like the little tray <laughs> on the front of the treadmill, and yeah. I just start reading Ignatius' letter to the Ephesians. And I... I, I started crying on the treadmill, of which course. was like, so I don't cry at much other than weddings, funerals, and <laughs> and, and the deep things of God, right? Everything else. That's fair. I, I yeah. think th- those are suitable, suitable places to show emotion. Um, but it just blew me away because when you read Ignatius, it feels like you're reading the sequel to the New Testament. Yeah. And that's because you are, right? right? This right. is 40, 50, 60 years after the death of Paul, and he's talking about Paul. I mean, in his letter to the Ephesians, he mm-hmm. mentions like Paul always talks about you. Yeah. And so I so I I'm so grateful to be able to talk to a church that Paul spoke so highly of yeah. and and seeing that the story of Scripture doesn't end when the Bible ends, but mm. that the work of God continues immediately. Yeah, right? that that was really, really, really key for me.
0: And I think too that knowing that or, or at least becoming familiar with these events that happened post New Testament. Right. Uh, like I said before, it just kind of connects the dots of kind of where our faith came from and how the church was built and yeah. uh, just how uh, time and
1: the, the spirit have kind of yeah. uh, drawn the faith into its fullness. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Right. It's, you know,
1: and, and I think that one of the things that's important here, like, and this is what I say at the beginning of teaching my church history class is, and, and maybe this was, true for you um when I was in elementary school middle school and high school pretty much at every stage we had a class on American history was that Mm. the same thing for you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and and the way that it was kind of pitched to us was you need to know the history of this country so that you can make sense of how to be a good citizen right right and you need to know history because history repeats itself and and knowing where you came from helps you figure out how to navigate where you are.
0: Mm, And that's the same with church history. Absolutely. When you're a part of this faith, you look back on how the spirit has guided the church throughout time and space and, and so many events that we think, oh my gosh, this happened so long ago, but,
1: we're I mean, seeing them sort we're of. We're seeing, yeah. Re, well, okay. So we're in a
0: pandemic right now, right? And there was a pandemic in Carthage,
1: right? In 240, 249 A.D. Right. Um, and so yeah, I think what that does for us is it it helps us to recognize that hey, we're not the first people right. to to trust in Jesus. We're not the first people to to face a difficult moment mm-hmm. in our world. Mm-hmm. We're not even the first people to face like a politically divided country right. alongside a pandemic. Right? right, that's happening in Carthage. Yep almost 2,000 years ago, and, and Christians have risen to the occasion. Yeah. And I think there's a, a theologian, historian named Jamar Tisby. He, he uses this phrase that history doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes, mm. uh, which is to say that every situation is different, every sure. culture, every context sure, is yeah. different. The exact same thing doesn't happen over and over again. But something like it does. But in does. theory, in essence,
0: yeah. sometimes it does and in, I, in, in in different ways. Maybe not so specific, but...
1: Right. And so I think that um, knowing church history helps us to to catch when history is rhyming mm. and, and to look back at how Christians faced this moment in the past and say, what can we learn from them, yeah. both positively and negatively? Right. Um, C.S. Lewis writes in his introduction to Athanasius' book on the Incarnation, and, and his, his introduction is super, super famous uh, because he, he advocates for the virtue of reading old books as mm. opposed to new books. He says, for every new book you read, you, you should, should go read. back and read two old ones. Yeah, yeah. And the whole idea is that people in the past had different blind spots than we do, mm. which means they saw certain things more clearly than we do. Right. And we see, see things more clearly than them. And so when we look back and say, okay, how did the church face this in the past? Yeah. We can look at some of the mistakes they made, but they're also going to correct some of the mistakes that we're making.
0: Definitely. Which I
1: think is really important.
0: There's a lot of wisdom in that. There's so much wisdom to draw from just all of church history um, from the beginning of its time. So, Travis, what do you think are some of the dangers in not being familiar with church history at all? Yeah. Because some people might say, you know, I love the Lord. I have a personal relationship with him.
1: I've got my Bible. I,
0: I have a devotional time. I attend church. I'm with a community of believers, but I don't really like reading or I sure. don't like history or I don't, cause I, I mean, I think that's valid. There's people who don't maybe necessarily enjoy.
1: Yeah. Diving, diving into, into, some, into some of this deeper old, stuff. Dusty
0: things. So what yeah. are the dangers of not becoming familiar with church history?
1: Yeah. So, so one of the big ones I think, and it gets back to that idea that history rhymes with itself mm-hmm. is that, Especially for evangelicals, right? Especially for Protestants, and we're we're Protestants, right? So we're not we're not uh, Roman Catholic, and we're not Eastern Orthodox. We're a Protestant church. Um, Ignorance of the first, specifically five to seven centuries of church history, has led us to repeat a lot of the problems that were already dealt with. Mm. Um, We don't know our history, and so we don't realize that we're just repeating the same errors that the early church already faced. And stood down. Um, what, one of the big ones that I think we see now is this idea that the Old Testament is somehow less important for Christians in the New Testament. And, and some people will just out and out say that, right? Like what, what's most important is that we just focus on Jesus and the message of Jesus and mm-hmm. let's not worry about the Old Testament. But I think it, it finds its way a little bit more subtly into the way that we preach. Um, mm-hmm. You know, in our conversation with Sung Chan, he yeah. mentioned that we spend way more time preaching Paul than we do the Old Testament prophets. That's so true. And, and we spend way more time preaching even the Gospels than we do the the Torah, right? Yeah. Um, and there's this subtle idea that the Old Testament is scary and, and mm-hmm. we, we don't want to approach it. Well, that's that sounds a lot like Marcion, right? Yeah. Uh, and Marcion was this figure in... Uh, at 144 AD he's excommunicated mm-hmm. by the church because he said that the god of the old testament
0: isn't the same god as the new testament
1: exactly and he looked at all these scary passages about judgment and he said you know god in the new testament is loving god in the old testament is judgmental yeah. therefore this must be a different god therefore let's mm-hmm. throw out the old testament yeah and and he kind of created his own bible he pieced it together right, based right. on the the passages he liked well
0: unfortunately you can't pick and choose what you like no. and what you don't like from yeah. the bible it's all or nothing. (laughs) Right. It it really is. It doesn't work like that.
1: And when you pick and choose, then you create God over into your own image, Mm. right? You, you pick and choose the parts of the Bible that suit your 21st century Western ethic and preferences. And you, you essentially choose a God that only always agrees with you.
0: Yep. And that's a very dangerous place to be.
1: Absolutely. So, so we, you know, history doesn't repeat it rhymes. There's not a lot of Christians who are saying, let's, Cut out the Old Testament and ignore it. Sure, yeah. uh, Like Marcion did. But there's plenty of us who are ignoring the Old Testament Mm, like Marcion did. Yeah. And we're just repeating that error because we're not even aware that it's come up before.
0: I think too being well-versed in church history kind of provides a good basis for how we are on the same page with other Christians around the world, right? So Christians who practice Orthodox faith, right? So I think of the seven ecumenical creeds. Mm, Yeah. And and that's so important for us to know and be aware of because there are Christians Mm -hmm. who are on the same page as us who are believing these same things. And sometimes they recite some of them weekly, right? Right. Like the Nicene Creed. Absolutely.
1: The Apostles. uh, Creed. The Apostles' Creed, right? The Chalcedonian mm-hmm. definition of right. uh, Christology. So yeah. it's
0: important for us to know these things because, I mean, it, this is what we traditionally and historically believe, right? right? And, yeah. and if and if anyone is off on any of these points, if we are familiar with them, sure, we can point out and say, mm, "Yeah, that's not right." And that's important for us to know,
1: right? And and that keeps us from making our theological mm. preferences issues of of ultimate orthodoxy right because it's really easy to take a particular doctrine that that we might be convinced of maybe it's uh young earth creationism or maybe it's a particular view of baptism or church government and and all of these things are important right i think what you think about those things is significant but the church has never treated those things as a test of orthodoxy as as the difference between a christian and a non-christian And so when we know something like the Nicene Creed or the Chalcedonian definition of Christology, uh, both of these are are church councils in the first 500 years of Christianity. That helps us to go, okay, this person over here we may not agree on baptism or this person over here. We may not even agree on how old the earth is, Yeah. but we agree on the most important things. Sure. So we can duke it out over these secondary issues, knowing that this is an in-house debate. We're, we're both mm. Christians here. Yes. And that also gives you the ability to learn from other Christians that you might disagree with, which is something we're so sure. passionate about on this show, right? Definitely. Yeah. Like if you look at our, our spectrum of guests that we bring on, they're across all denominations we've had
0: anglicans we've we've had had presbyterians (laughs) we've had
1: baptists we have uh pentecostals like and 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 what what do we have in common with them we affirm the great creeds of the faith Mm. right we're on the same page about orthodoxy that's right and and the gospel and the essential issues and on the non-essential issues we're kind of all over the page Mm -hmm. but we can have fellowship with christians who agree on these historic central claims yeah
0: which i think points back to just a great reason why we should be uh, kind of pursuing some more knowledge in church history.
1: Absolutely. Because
0: we look at Christians over time, and and like you mentioned earlier, Travis, we can see the things that maybe were blind spots for them, Mm -hmm. and and the reverse also. They point things out in their time where now we can read it and go, oh, okay, that brings a lot of light and wisdom to what I'm facing right now. Sure, And so it just— I don't know. I, I think it just paints a really big and beautiful picture of the grand uh, family mm-hmm. of of God that we are, right? Yeah. We can look at Christians in the past and uh, just see how in times of per- severe persecution, in mm. times of uh, a lot of uh, heretical ideas being thrown out, uh, the Reformation, sure. thing, so many events where uh, we engaged with so many different discussions and events and uh, a lot of crazy times in the life of the church. Yeah. We can learn from that and go, we are in the same family.
1: Yeah. C.S. Lewis in um, the screw tape letters is is describing the church and he describes the way that we're tempted to view the church as just the people that kind of sit next to us in the pew. But if we could see the church for what it was, he talks about it stretched out through time and space and terrible as an army with banners. Mm. Uh, that's such an incredible picture of of what I think happens when you study church history. Is yeah. you see the church kind of unfurled throughout history, and with all of its mistakes and all of its sure, yeah. and all of the ugliness, but all of the beauty of the diversity of the historic body of Christ.
0: Mm. Yeah, definitely. I, I love it because I don't know. It's just a great reminder that I'm not alone. Mm. There are people who have walked this walk for. Couple thousand years, yeah. so, uh, yeah. So I wanted to ask, what do you think are some ways that someone could get started? Right, because church history is two, a at least very two thousand years, yeah, right, two thousand years. It's a very long time of studying and and trying to uh, understand all that history. So, where would you say is a great place to start? What are maybe some resources? What do you? Yeah,
1: think? so there's kind of a classic book by a guy named Bruce Shelley called Church History in Plain Language, and I think Dr. Shelley has. Uh, since gone to be with the Lord. Uh, But they've continued to update that book. And it's, Mm. I mean, it's substantial. It's like a 600 page book, but it's very readable. Okay. And so um, I don't even think it's the sort of thing you read front to back. I think Mm. you kind of go, I want a little bit, I want to know a little bit more about this period. And then you just pick those two chapters and read them.
0: Mm. Okay. So that's a really
1: good starting point. Um, The other one, and this is what we use for our church history class, are uh, Justin Holcomb's two books, Know the Creeds and Know the Heretics. Mm -hmm. Uh, that are part of a wider series called the no series yeah Uh, justin holcomb is an episcopal priest in orlando Uh, he works with our friend reggie kid who we had on the show a while he was your
0: professor wasn't he he
1: was yeah he taught apologetics and uh i love justin holcomb so cool uh brilliant brilliant guy great theologian and those two books are both like 120 pages very readable yeah really helpful
0: yeah definitely and knowing the creeds and knowing the heretics are both very important things, right? Yeah, <laughs> great place to start, I think.
1: Because I think so much of church history is the gospel being assumed, yes, and then it's questioned, and then a creed comes out to clarify, clarify. right? <laughs> right, and, and so that gives you kind of a good sense of the history of the church through the conflicts that were fought right. to preserve the gospel.
0: And and they are both in chronological order, correct? Like right. it goes through all the heresies and the creeds, right? In the time that they. Like the order. Yeah, yeah.
1: It it begins with the book of Acts and it moves all the way through to the present day. So both of those books are great to read alongside of each other as well. Um, Yeah, I think those are great starting points. The Bruce Shelley book is awesome. The Justin Holcomb books are great. And then there's bigger ones. Historical Theology by Alistair McGrath is also really good, but that's for people who really, really want to get into the nitty gritty.
0: Also Chris Hall. Chris Hall has some great stuff, right? Yeah, so he has a whole series on living wisely, uh, learning theology, reading scripture, and worshiping with the church fathers. His main thing is the church fathers. Very important figures to know.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and I would suggest, if you're kind of just wanting to dive into that in particular, we did an interview with Chris Hall about the church fathers last season, so that's also worth checking out. Yes,
0: so with all that being said, thanks for uh, listening to us nerd out about church history. Absolutely. We could go on and on forever, but could, for yeah. our listeners sake, maybe we shouldn't. <laughs> and
1: we've got some guests coming on that are going to talk about church history yes. in the next couple of weeks too. So Definitely. we don't want to steal their thunder. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, so thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Stone Table. Just a quick heads up that we're not going to be here next week because we're going to be celebrating our anniversary. Yeah, so, so
0: we'll miss you guys, uh, but we will be back the
1: following week. Yeah. So as we wrap up, let me just say that if you enjoyed this episode or the podcast on the whole, do us a favor and rate and subscribe. That helps us to get the word out. Also, we would love to hear from you. So if you've got a topic or a guest or even a question that you'd like to hear us cover on this show, you can send us an email at baylife.org or you can message us on Instagram at thestonetablepodcast. For Baylife Church, I'm Travis, and this is The Stone Table.